So this evening I'd like to offer some reflections on a particular teaching from the Buddha. And as always, I, I find it helpful to reflect either in offering or hearing the teachings the uh, sense that it's, it's helpful to see or remember that they are that they are uh, the fruit of compassion and that um, this compassionate purpose of the Buddha uh, to meet us where we are in our various uh, shades of human predicament and to really help us with uh, training in discovering how to be in this life and how to understand our experience, how to relate to ourselves and others, all of this with a sense of balance, of understanding, clarity, whereby the suffering in the world is not added to or is alleviated or even in moments ended. So that sense of this this teaching I want to share is very much in that and it's helpful to think of it in that way. And it's a, a, a topic I, maybe, I don't know, some of you may have heard me speak about this before. It's the, it's the five topics for frequent recollection, which I want to share some different versions of this teaching and just invite you as we go through the reflections to uh, notice how maybe you're very familiar with this teaching, maybe not so much. And just to really notice um, the responses or resonances or resistances or whatever arises for you in the the listening. Um, So this um, group of teachings in the Book of the Fives in the Anguttara Nikaya, the numerical discourses, you know, these, 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 these lists, um, this to help us <laughs> uh, remember. And this, so this particular list is, is, in one way of looking at it, is part of the Buddha's teachings of trying to help us to understand and see how we misperceive uh, reality or life or uh, the way things are uh, that we that we habitually are misperceiving the way it is and that this misperception and the not not realizing not understanding that is what's happening is is both the it, it, it can be then the uh, condition for the arising of dukkha of suffering and also, if we're not even realizing that we're not misperceiving, it's just this, isn't it, this ignorance, this sense of, I don't even know, I don't even know that I'm, I'm misperceiving or that that's happening. And so the that sense of not even realizing the possibility of perceiving more uh, accurately or helpfully or in ways that can really uh, reduce, alleviate, or even end our suffering and stress. So, um, 
maybe I'll just go ahead and name these. So I want to begin with this sense of the misperceptions that are being corrected in the in the in the content more yeah in the contemplation. So the misperceptions that that are being challenged or you know brought into the light are also translated as intoxications, which I find that quite helpful. The intoxication with youth, with health, with life, with the liked, and with ignoring the consequences of unskillful behavior, so recklessness or heedlessness. And these, um, and so the the corrective, the 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 what the Buddha recommends us to contemplate, in order to help us to kind of wake up out of these particular aspects of the dream that we're often <laughs> wandering around in, um, is to consider, um, I am of the nature to grow old. This is the antidote to the intoxication of youth. So, maybe we're never too young to begin these recollections, you know. I don't know, I think I was quite intoxicated with youth, but I didn't realize I was. I don't know if anybody else resonates with that. It's like, yeah, mm. Um, I'm of the nature to get ill. Hmm. Yeah, it's an antidote to the intoxication with health. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I look on a just personal level or societal level, this is, seems to be very rampant. This obsession, maybe would be another word. Misperception, intoxication with, with health. I am of the nature to get ill. It's not actually something we're doing wrong, <laughs> which is often what some of the conditionings, like with youth as well, there's something kind of going really wrong if we're getting old, because you're not supposed to. You're always supposed to be young and healthy and, you know, like, yeah, shiny. Um, or so the, the uh, I am of the nature to die, Again, as an antidote to the misperception, the misunderstanding, the the dream of 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 life, of of that very very barely conscious, maybe substantially unconscious sense. I'm going to live forever. I'm going to learn how to fly. You know, that's yeah. This kind of very strange kind of you know sort of very like true truism but how again we seem to be so strongly conditioned to to walk around not really knowing that um, all that is dear to me will change and vanish and I do not know why I'm smiling this is not funny <laughs> yeah and it's maybe sort of the the human part of the human comedy, the human tragedy, you know, this sense of 
intoxication with the liked. I mean, don't we see that on retreat? You know, it's like we don't have to look very far to see this happening <laughs> fairly regularly, you know, how many times an hour? Um, you know, and how territorial we can get in our retreat about this is my cushion and my seat and my this and my that and I do this then and I like it to be like this and if they don't put that out, it's not right and, um, you know, all that, <laughs> many more. And that sense of, of, yeah, all that is dear to me will change and vanish. And we really wanted seconds of Brussels sprouts and we come back and they've vanished. There are no more. Oh, I really wanted some more. They're so good for me and I really need that. They've got some, anyway, you know how that goes. Very small example, but yeah. And the last one, I am the owner of my karma. So this sense of, I don't know, maybe we all may, maybe, maybe I don't know, I'd have to, it's coming to mind now that maybe there is some degree of recklessness in the system until we're our hands. I don't know, I'd have to think about that a bit more. That's, a, that's just a thought. But this sense of the, how, 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 um, this tendency that the Buddha's highlighting to ignore the consequences of unskillful behavior, maybe even very, very small things. I certainly see that's not been completely uprooted in this being here. It's like, oh, you know, this, even in very subtle ways, even in very small ways, kind of. And this sense of the, just this reminder that we, 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 we are the shape, the texture, the taste of our life is so, so strongly conditioned by our intentional thoughts and words and deeds. It's not, they aren't the only conditioning factors. But that sense of the, the, just the power of that in the moment and, and in the unfolding moments of, of the power of intention to radically alter the shape of our life and perhaps of other lives. So, interesting list, right? That it, it kind of, the first four, very much about mortality, well, the first three, and then loss, and then this kind of, so, so, in the light of all of this, what do you want to do? You know, what do you want to cultivate? What's really, what's really helpful? What's really of service, you know, to life, to yourself, to others? Yeah, so I, um, sometimes when I, I give this talk, I, I talk about um, when I first came across this, these teachings, in which in this form, actually, the one I've just read through, was on the board here at the Forest Refuge. And I keep wondering about whether I should put it back up there again. <laughs> um, and I remember this was quite a few years ago and I came to do a two-week work retreat. And I remember standing in front of the, the notice board and sort of read them and thought, uh-huh, okay, um, now what? You know, I just didn't have a sense of the impact or the meaning or what I was meant to do with that, you know, or... I just, so I just kind of, then I didn't think about it for about eight years or something, quite a long time. And then through 
process of experiencing a major bereavement, just realizing I was sort of thrown into, you know, looking for help and found these and then went through a period of, of practicing with them to try and get past the, the sense of it being like um, beating your head with a piece of wood or something, which I know it's a rather violent image, but trying to sort of find a more gentle and sort of loving way of, of contemplating these, these things, which, which to me, my sense of it was, it was almost, almost quite kind of, I don't know, um, blunt, which blunt can be good, I know, but, um, so I want to share, um, a, a beautiful version of these from Thich Nhat Hanh, and then I'll share my own um, translation. One of the things I, I, I find with this teaching and, and many other teachings that there, there has to be some, or there, it's sometimes helpful for us, you know, like, for example, with meta practice, we're trying to find words, phrases, images, senses that actually meet our heart, you know, actually resonate with our chitta, our our heart-mind, you know, that actually, oh, you know, there's some sense of being uh, engaging, meeting, kind of, kind of that opening up for us as something to reflect on, to, that's sort of somehow relevant, somehow we can begin to sense it being helpful or supportive or um, important to come into in some way. Um, So this, this, um, translating words or concepts into the language of the heart. Yeah, because doesn't it feel like sometimes the words, maybe that's my image of the, the wood, it sort of hits here, touches your head, and it's like it doesn't go any further. <laughs> it doesn't kind of go into your heart and your body. It's just like, I am of the, you know, it's like, mm, you know, it's like, mm. Doesn't well, yeah. It doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. So what helps it to go somewhere? Um, and um, sometimes, of course, the events in our life. And part of the reason why I chose this topic this week is I got a couple of little heavenly messengers, you know, this week, sort of reminders of my own fragility and mortal frailty and the mortal frailty of others. And um, you know how sometimes those things can feel very like, you know, like, you know, like being hit with a piece of wood or something like, wow, shock, you know, and it kind of wakes you up to the reality of this for a while. And then how long does it take before you go to sleep again? Probably depends on how close that person was. It's really, it's it's just so interesting. Oh, that, yeah. Maybe there's a naturalness to that as well. We we can't be crawling around grieving 24 hours a day. Wouldn't wouldn't get much talk preparation done. So, so I'd like to share with you this uh, version of the five topics for frequent recollection from Thich Nhat Hanh in his book No Death, No Fear. 
Breathing in and out, I am aware of the fact that I am of the nature to die. I cannot escape dying. I am of the nature to grow old. I cannot escape old age. I am of the nature to get sick. Because I have a body, I cannot escape sickness. Everything I cherish, treasure and cling to today, I will have to abandon one day. The only thing I can carry with me is the fruit of my own action. I cannot bring along with me anything else except the fruit of my actions in terms of thought, speech and bodily acts. So, yeah, so again, just the encouragement to notice perhaps particular words or phrases or something that resonates for you that there might just be one word or image or phrase from this whole talk, you know, that, that somehow may be, be, be helpful thing to reflect on. Um, or indeed, let the whole thing rise and pass. It's just sound. One level is just sound. So, yeah, leave that to you. So, my own phrases, and I'll put this on the board with the first one I, I read so you can pick it up. And, and this, yeah, I, I, again, in the spirit of this week, I've been practicing a bit with this and um, come up with some slightly different words. So, you know, these things can evolve like with meta practice and the phrases and words at work. Um, so I'll just, I'll share this and then maybe at the end we, we might go over it again. We'll see. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember this body is aging. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember this body is vulnerable to illness. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember, this body will die. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember, that loss is part of life. Breathing gently, I lovingly remember, to meet this moment with wisdom. And, you know, again, for me, as often this came to me in the bath. So um, <laughs> sometimes interesting where things come to you, isn't it? When it's something about the gentleness, because I think this, my mind's so prone to sort of anxiety and agitation, so I'm always looking for ways of sort of soothing it, you know, and bath can be sort of one place where that can happen a little bit. Um, this week it's been more like something like, Sitting quietly, out of compassion, I remember this body is aging. So again, just encouragement, if you want to play with this, find your own, freight your own way, but there's something a bit different. Or when I was walking, I was saying, 
moving gently out of compassion, I remember this body will die. Yes, it's it's got a different flavor, hasn't it? A different tone. So, yeah, again, noticing what maybe gets through or resonates. So, um, let's see. I found a quote that I loved on this area from a teacher called Ajahn Lee. And he said, Aging, illness and death are treasures for those who understand them. They're noble truths, noble treasures. If they were people, I'd bow down to their feet every day. So perhaps that, I don't know, for me that kind of kind of brought alive a sense of, oh, there's something really beautiful, there's some gifts, there's some treasure to be found in, in somehow in the relationship. And, and, and with, with these realities of our life, isn't it? It's, it's not just with the words, it's with, you know, and, and, and probably we all, all, all of us in different ways maybe have had their encounters with, with these realities of aging, sickness and death, our own, others and so on. And we've, we've perhaps realized through those processes, those encounters, those challenges, some, some both of what is, is difficult, but also the, the, the treasures, right? The, the gifts, the sense of how perhaps for even moments, these what seemingly you know and 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 searingly at times difficult painful experiences also bring great gifts great great treasures and i'm sure you 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 probably have your own your own stories your own memories of of this and and so i want to spend the rest of the talk just touching on a few of the ways that at least for me i felt like beginning to kind of connect a little more and deepen a sense of of not just this 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 practice this recollection and contemplation being a sort of you know uh, uh, like a bitter medicine you know you just you have to take it but actually something of what Ajahn Lee is like this fully understood they are noble treasures there's very something very very beautiful, very important in that. Um, because probably that there is this kind of natural kind of tendency to, to turn away, to be, again, to forget, to misperceive, to be unconsciously imagining that uh, somehow it's not happening or it won't happen. And um, So... One question that I found from somewhere which I thought thought was very helpful was sometimes, like as as a little practice, how is aging or how are aging, sickness, and death showing up in my life at present? Yeah, and then just spending some time sort of contemplating that is always here, isn't it? It's always here. It's actually always present in some way, to some degree. 
And so as a practice, just another practice maybe, sort of different from the phrases, maybe again, some, some, of, some people's minds are very much more, somehow questions can feel much more, you know, open space for something rather than telling you what, telling you what to think, you know, <laughs> which can, yeah, so, so maybe a question like that. How is this showing up in my life at present? And then just sort of mulling that a bit, thinking of the different ways. Um, Another way that um, this practice, this recollection, and perhaps these actual experiences like happened for me this week with the, you know, these reminders kind of happening was um, something that Larry Rosenberg speaks about a lot and very, very, uh, very, very well in in his book, which is in the library of Living in the Light of Death. And he talks about how this experience and this this practice and the this 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 meeting of these moments of realizing perhaps you know, bumping into aging, sickness or death can can be a can can bring up a lot of fear, which may be one of the main reasons why we don't want to think or talk or contemplate this. You know, sometimes it's why I feel I don't really want to talk about it in the hall because I'm frightened of frightening you or <laughs> something like that. Um <laughs> So the fear, you know, and I was noticing myself this week with regard to one thing, just like, oh, okay. And that's the great thing about preparing to give a talk. You go, oh, right, okay. That gives you a sort of extra kind of like uh, motivation to practice with this. You know, it's like, okay, fear, fear, right, fear, okay, fear. And like any of you know, probably all of you know in different ways, this is this can be extremely powerful and helpful, a sense of fear, working with that, opening to that, bringing you know, our resources, realizing there's a way that it's actually possible to open. I often feel like it's about opening space, actually allowing the, the, the fear space that there's something about the often with fear we just contract kind of against it or something but you you can see if this is true for you and and actually finding like oh wow you know yeah even for a few moments even for a few moments and then maybe you start panicking again but (laughs) for a few moments it's like fear is workable how what a wonderful very encouraging very liberating because then somehow even though you're panicking again there's a sense that you kind of some part of you remembers oh actually you know there were there we were okay with this for a while wow look at that so larry i'll just read you a little bit of what he says many of us are carrying around a great deal of unacknowledged fear on the subject of death and like any other fear it weighs us down This practice flushes out fear so we can see that it is impermanent and not self. So perhaps, um, yeah, I want to share another 
How are we doing? Oh gosh. Tempest Fugit. Time is flying or something. I'm just wondering now. To... Okay, I just can't resist. I have to share a little bit of a version of the five um, day, daily recollections, or they're really in their frequent topics for frequent recollection is how it's put in the discourses, but it's often they're called topics for daily recollection. So if you're looking for this, then they're sometimes called both either one of those things. And I found on Dharma Seed some talks by Ayakima. I don't know if you're aware of this wonderful teacher, no longer with us. And I just love listening to her speak about these um, more the bl the blunt approach, which I know for me sometimes it's really helpful. So I'll just read you a little bit. You can hear again. It's another voice, another angle, and again listening for what resonates for you. So Ayakima, I am of the nature to decay. I have not got beyond decay. Look at that and see whether it's a true statement. And if you think it's a true statement, have you actually noticed it in yourself? And if you have noticed, what kind of reactions have you had? One of dislike, rejection, trying to forget it, trying to counteract it, thinking it is something that is unpleasant? Or have you seen it as the underlying truth of everything that has life? You can hear, I mean, if you hear, if you listen to the talk, it's, I'm not, I hope I'm not being, I mean, it's obviously you can hear my sort of take on her voice. Um, I'll just read you one other, one, one more. Well, which one? Mm. Okay, I'll read you this one. I am of the nature to die. I have not got beyond death. Here, we don't have to inquire if this is true, but we do need to inquire whether we take it into consideration in daily living and whether we are ready for it. And if not, why not? <laughs> really powerful, right? Really direct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, so many different kinds of gifts, I'm running out of time a little bit, um, just something about the, uh, I don't know if you've had this experience, so maybe moments or when you're with this experience, either in yourself or another, or you're contemplating it, and you can feel there's a kind of like the mind, the being is somehow comes into alignment. Like it's something is, is it kind of goes into the okay. Like, you know, nodding, bowing, like aligning the mind, the heart, kind of aligning with the truth of this in a way that feels actually okay or, or good or just maybe the, yeah, just... A relief, in a way, perhaps. 
the relief of not having to pretend, of not having to resist, of not having to be prevented from opening to this great truth of, of our of our situation and and the relief of that and almost like a release of energy a release of energy because fear isn't it holds so much energy and if a lot of the fear around this is kind of unconscious or half conscious and we don't even realize so just and it's certainly been my experience at times that it can be it can just be this sense of relief and a sense of almost you know coming home to the universe coming home to nature, coming home to being an animal on one level, to belonging, belonging in the universe, you know, and, and not so in the sway, in the, in the dream of I and me and, you know, this I who, you know, wants to live forever or, you know, objects to death and has all sorts of other thoughts and feelings about it which are not in tune with the, with the way things are. So I want to share a, a poem, a short poem I love from Wendell Berry, called The Law That Marries All Things. The cloud is free only to go with the wind. The rain is free only in falling. The water is free only in its gathering together in its downward courses, in its rising into the air. In law is rest, if you love the law, if you enter singing into it as water in its descent. If you love the law, if you enter singing into it. So um, maybe last little sequence, um, I just sort of theme in this I'd like to touch on is the potential of this um, contemplation and of these, of this opening to the truth, the, the truth that's here, the, 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 mm, the, yeah, the way things are, that, that can be, that can be a great uh, enabler of letting go. So picking up a little bit on that on that theme of letting go, of of uh, opening to the precariousness of our life and that sense of no future, no past, no we don't know. We know we're going to die. We don't know when. It could be tonight. It could be tomorrow. We don't know. And how actually there's a way of opening to that, which is very freeing, which is actually supports us in letting go of whatever is unnecessary. We don't need to carry anymore. So, uh, share this from Ajahn Suchito. What if death is now? What's here? Feelings, sensations, engagement with that. Is anything being left out? Welcome home aspects of yourself you're fed up with. The pushy, the frightened, the critical. 
Stop fighting your own shadows and creating more. The people we carry around in our heart are not here now. The issue now is releasing yourself from the kama of feeling disappointed, annoyed, abandoned. Welcome it all home to the place of no future, no progress. It's time to lay down the struggle. So, let's see on the share. Okay. Penultimate offering. Poem from Alice Walker. Looking down into my father's dead face for the last time, my mother said, without tears, without smiles, without regrets, but with civility. Good night, Willie Lee. I'll see you in the morning. And it was then that I knew that the healing of all our wounds is forgiveness that permits a promise of our return at the end. So um, the last thing I'd like to offer is a, sh- a little chant. Actually, I don't know if it's a chant or whether it's a song. And it's um, a chant or a song about of compassion. And it somehow feels relevant to this this theme of of allowing the, the these recollections of our mortality and loss and. Uh, the power of our intention um, to turn us towards compassion and a sense of um, allowing our life to be to be held in that more and more in the compassionate heart. So I'm going to s- attempt to sing it. And I'll just repeat it a few times and you can join in if you wish. But please do feel free not to join in. It's really fine. If it's just me, I don't mind. And just listen. And um, it's inspired by um, a practice described in a book by Tanisara, which is in the library, um, time, to, time to Stand Up, from a compassion practice that she and Kitasara have done and I so just want to acknowledge that um, source. And but this is very much my own, my own interpretation, my own translation of that. <clears throat> resting, resting deeply. I return my life to the one who listens deeply 
To the sounds of the world, resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply. To the sounds of the world, resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply. To the sounds of the world, resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply. To the sounds of the world, resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply. To the sounds of the world, resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply. To the sounds of the world, resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply. To the sounds of the world, resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply. To the sounds of the world, one more time. Resting, resting deeply, I return my life to the one who listens deeply to the sounds of the world. So thank you for your attention, your participation.
and uh, let's chant the reflection on the sharing the blessings to close our time together. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.